Good morning, ICF family. Pastor Jennifer here. And today you are going to hear a powerful message. I know it is going to bless your heart. I am speaking at the Assemblies of God World Headquarters. And I thank you for your love and for your compassion for people. That is the DNA of our church, that we help people get completely whole in Jesus Christ. So today, enjoy your service. I love you, and I'll be right back. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you very much, worship team, for, for leading us into this service. And I would like to say welcome to our online campus. And today happens to be Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all fathers in the house. And, and for, for all mothers who assume the father role, we say happy Father's Day to you as well. Okay, so in 2007, the Washington Post decided to have an experiment, and what they wanted to do was to, to, to learn about people's perceptions of beauty, people's priorities, and, and people's behavior. So what they did was they asked this man you can see on your screen, Joshua Bell. He's a world-class violinist. They asked him to play a classical music incognito, in the subway station in Washington, D.C. The subway station is what we will call here the metro. And so he played for 45 minutes, and the event was recorded to observe people's reactions. Now, it's important to note that two nights before this particular day, he had performed a sold-out concert where attendees had to pay about $200 to reserve a seat to go see him. But here we had Joshua Bell performing at the metro station for free. And guess what? People didn't even pay attention to him. Joshua Bell got a total of $32.17 in tip. And this included $20 tip from someone who recognized the Grammy Award winning musician. See, out of one, over 1,000 people who were counted to have encountered him during the 45 minutes. Only seven people stood to listen to him. See, there are times when we are in a rush to get to the next thing, so much so that we do not see and appreciate the beautiful moments that God is creating around us. We do not recognize the priority of what he has made available to us. You see, from the experiment, it is fair to say that when you do not understand the beauty and the value that the Creator has developed in the form of the human being that you are, you will not fully understand what it means to be whole. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word coming to us today, and we pray that you open our hearts, you open our minds. We will be able to understand your word, and even after the service, we will be able to apply the word that we learned today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You had breakfast, so you can say amen. <laughs> okay, so Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 is, is, the, is the, the scripture we are using for this month. And as you know, this year our theme is complete. And this month we are talking about completely whole. And I read, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And you have been made complete in Christ 
who is the head over every ruler and authority. Amen. You see, wholeness is not a one-time moment. And you, 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 you see this as I go on with the sermon. Wholeness is, is a process. It's a process of restoring value and purpose with the healing virtue of Jesus at work in our lives. So I'm going to talk to you about a blind man in the Bible. And, and Jesus healed this blind man. The story is coming from John chapter 9. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but feel free to spend some time to read John chapter 9 when you have the chance. Now, to give you a background as to what was happening before Jesus healed the blind man, in John chapter 8, he was in the temple talking to to the leaders, and of course, they they did not like what Jesus Christ was saying. They didn't like some of the things he he was talking about. So they planned to stone him. And Jesus Christ escaped. So on his escape, he saw this blind man, a man who was born blind, and he decided to heal the man. So this is what he did to heal the man. I'm reading John chapter 9 from verse 6. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. First of all, that's an interesting way to to heal, heal a man. Imagine you're blind. And then someone comes and you hear the sound of spit and a mixture, and then it, it comes on your face. But this is, this is what the, 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 the passage says. After Jesus did that, he said, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg. You see, prior to the healing story, the disciples asked Jesus Christ a question. And they, they, they wanted to know why this man was blind. And you can't blame them because they, they knew the Old Testament. And there was a scripture that they had misconstrued in, in the Old Testament. And I'm, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to go back to John chapter 9 verse 3. Uh, they asked Jesus, who sinned? Uh, this man or his parents, who sinned that this man was born blind? And Jesus answered, saying, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Amen. So, you see, it, it, it's sometimes people think that going through certain situations, going through um, an ailment or illness is because of your sin. Well, it is not, Jesus Christ was trying to say that there, there is no real correlation between the two like that. Indeed, there could be consequences to some sins which will lead to illness, but then he was trying to tell them it doesn't necessarily mean that he, he was born blind because of something that he had done or something that his parents did, but then he was going to be as you, 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 you see from the story, he was going to be an evangelist for Christ. So through, through those difficult, difficulties and challenges, God is able to, to show his love and his power. And he did this by making the blind man whole again. And that is my prayer for you today, that may the people who know you, who, who knew who you were, if, if you were blind or if you are sick or if you are going through certain challenges. May those people see Christ in your story. 
when they ask, isn't this the same brother we knew with so many problems? Isn't this the same sister we knew with a myriad of issues? That should be our story. Because in that moment, you will be able to profess the love of God. You'll be able to profess the power of God. And they will have no other option but to admit that something about you has changed. Amen. So you see, the blind man was summoned for the first time by the, the leaders. And it's important for us to note that this was the first time on record that a man who was born blind had been made whole. This was the first time. So indeed, it was very difficult for them to understand. There were miracles in the Old Testament, but this was something unheard of. So they called a blind man, and then they asked him, who made you whole? What happened? And then he told his story. But they did not believe this man. So they went ahead to call his parents. His parents also came. They said, who made this man whole? What happened? Is it true that he was indeed born blind? And they, they admitted that he was born blind, but then they said they didn't know what happened. He's, he's of age. You can ask him. And I'm going to read John chapter 9 from verse 24. They summoned the man again the second time. And the man who had, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. So they, they, were, they were referring to Jesus Christ saying they know Jesus Christ is a sinner. So he couldn't have been the one who healed you. But this, is, this was his reply. He said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know I was blind, but now I see. Amen. So maybe you cannot relate to this story because, you know, you have 20-20 vision and you can see everything. You, can, you, are, you are not a Pharisee, so when it's far, you see, and when it's close, you see as well. But you see, in all honesty, there are certain times when we feel an emptiness. We feel a void in our lives, and we try to, 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 to fill that, that void. Because we wonder what it will take for us to, to be whole again, what it will take for us to be, to be complete. You try different methods, but it doesn't work. Jesus Christ is waiting for you to draw closer to him in all these situations because, as I said, wholeness is a process. It's not a one-time event. So Jesus Christ is always willing and waiting for you to come near to him because he is the one that can make you complete. Amen. So you see, as, as our sister Angel said when, he, when she was leading us in worship, sometimes we ask God to give us something and we say, oh, if only I had that job, if only I had that family, if only I had that degree, if only I had that bank account, if only I had that sort of friendship, I would be complete. But you see, he can give you all these things and you will still not feel complete because you derive wholeness in Christ alone. You derive wholeness in Jesus alone. Amen. So now let us see another story in, in, in Luke. And this is another story of Jesus Christ healing people. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 17 from verse 11 to 14. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
You see, the lepers were in a place of despair and, and, the, the, and, and lack of being whole. So they came to Jesus and they said, we want you to heal us. So they encountered Jesus along the way. And verse 14 says, when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God. In a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. You see, one came back with thanksgiving to Jesus to be completely connected to the one who brought wholeness to his life. And that brings me to the next point. We all have to sort out our priorities. Sort out your priorities. When you call out for Jesus like the lepers did, call him for who he is and not for who you read that he was 2,000 years ago. Call him for who he is and not because of who you think he will be in the future. Seek Jesus Christ for who he is now. But the big question, however, is who is he now to you? Who is he now to you? Do you ignore him like the people in the subway because you have other priorities and you have other things to rush to? Do you say thank you when you wake up each day, each morning, to say, I understand you've protected me throughout the night and I'm glad I've woken up to see another day? After receiving God's love, after receiving God's mercy, after receiving God's gifts, do you go back to say thank you? I'm going to continue the passage from verse 17. Jesus asked a question. He said, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In the King James Version, it says, rise Go thy way, thy faith has made thee, thee whole. And you see, I believe at this point, if you, if you read the last sentence, your faith has made you whole, or thy faith has made thee, thee, thee well. If you read that last sentence, he's not really talking about physical, physical healing, is he? Because we've already seen in the passage that they were healed on their way to... to, to, to um, when he told them to go and, and, and see the priest, and they were already healed on their way. But this is Jesus Christ again saying that your faith has made you well. And I believe that he was referring to salvation when he said that. They had received physical healing, healing so this was spiritual healing. What he was talking about was that because of your faith, you have been restored. Your faith has brought about restoration. Amen. So I want us to note some points here from the lepers, they charged to the right source. They knew they had to get to Jesus. They, they heard about him. They heard the miracles he was performing. And they knew they had to get to Jesus. So we have to charge to the right source. And they knew they had to connect to the right master creator. They knew that Jesus was capable of restoration. Jesus was capable of making them whole. Jesus was capable of making them who they want to be. Amen. And they were, again, committed to the right community. This is something we see a lot in the Bible. 
because of the, 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 the friends you have around you or because of the people you have around you, you, you tend to, to follow what they follow. So I, um, I imagine maybe one of those 10 said, let's have some faith in Jesus Christ. We've heard that he heals people. Let's come together, approach him, meet him along the way, and he will heal us. So this was an example of them being connected and committed to the right community. So they were restored for the right glory. Our wholeness is a testimony that through the brokenness, through the heartbreak, Jesus comes to completely renew our lives. Jesus comes to make us completely whole. Amen. Amen. So how many of us are familiar with this, with this picture? How many of us? Yes, if you, are, if you are online, you can type in the chat. So this is a picture of Mona Lisa, a painting from Leonardo da Vinci. And it's probably the most famous painting from Leonardo da Vinci and one of the best protected paintings in the world. But before it was encased in, in, in bulletproof glass, there were several attempts to destroy this painting. So first of all, an acid was poured on this painting, and then that was what influenced their decision to, to, to enclose it in, in a bulletproof glass. Later, a few months, and this was in the 50s, 1950s, later a few months after the, the first attempt, a man threw a rock at it, trying to, to take it off, trying to destroy it. But again, it was restored, and it, it, it didn't break. And it was taken once to, to Japan, and there, again, someone tried to destroy it. Someone attacked it, but it, again, it suffered no damage. Now, in 1974, a woman sprayed red paint on it, also hoping to destroy it, but again, it was restored. Three years ago, a lady walked to the souvenir shop, just like some of us do, and while she was walking, she saw a ceramic mug, she bought it. I'm sure the people who were walking with her thought she was buying this for a friend, buying it for a family, but the woman was buying it with a purpose and a mission in her mind. She was buying it to walk into the Louvre to throw it at the painting, to destroy the painting. You see, I have a, a habit of listening to the news while I work, and I'm sure most of you are thinking I must be a, a serious guy, but no, no, no. It, it is to help me stay awake. That's why I listen to the news while I'm working, especially after you have a, a heavy lunch, you know. You, you need something to resist the, the temptation of sleep. Is there anyone here who can relate to what I'm saying? Yes, thank you. God bless you. And Lord, have mercy on you. If you are in the chat, Lord, have mercy. So two weeks ago, while I was listening to the news and working, the Mona Lisa was defaced again in a climate protest. And this was how it looked like just two weeks ago in the Louvre. So you see, this precious piece of art has been attacked many times for reasons known and unknown. But the piece of art always, always gets restored. Church, the enemy tries and then God reinforces you. 
But the enemy will keep on trying. That I can assure you. The enemy will keep on trying. But our God will also keep on making us whole as long as we yearn for it. Amen. Our God will keep on protecting us as long as we yearn for it. Because remember, wholeness is a process. You should always yearn for wholeness. Amen. Now, when you read the Bible and, and study Bible, uh, biblical characters like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob, you realize that there were many things about them that, that was flawed. But God still managed to work through them. You see, church, a perfect God can use imperfect people. Amen. A perfect creator, God, can restore a broken creation. Through Christ, we have been made whole, and in him dwells the fullness of deity. And that makes me and you in this building and everyone watching us online, that makes us completely whole. Amen. Amen. Not because I say so, but because the Bible says so, because God's word says so. So to conclude today's sermon, I just want to remind all of you to sort out your priorities. Ask yourself, who is Jesus to me now? And remember, a perfect God can use imperfect people. I will invite the the worship team to, to, to come help us close. And I'm going to read something in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16. It says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Amen. So as we rise together in in the church today, I want us to make some declarations. And I'm going to read the declarations to you, and I would like you to help me repeat, repeat these declarations. And I want you to say them and mean them. Amen. I once was blind. You can repeat after me. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was covered with the leprosy of my past. I once was covered with the leprosy of my past. Now I have been made clean. Now I have been made clean. I will draw closer to Jesus. I will draw closer to Jesus. When pain tries to steal my purpose. When pain tries to steal my purpose. I once was broken. I once was broken. Now I'm whole. Now I'm whole. I once was broken. I once was broken. Now I'm whole. Now I'm whole. Amen. Amen. So I'll say a prayer to, to, to close, especially for our online campus. But then the worship team is going to lead us in, in worship. And then you feel free to come to the front while they, while they sing and lead us in worship. And then we are here to pray together. Father, we thank you for the service today. We thank you for the word that you brought to us. Father, we thank you that you have promised us wholeness. We thank you that even though we have been broken in the past, we have you and for that we are grateful and we know we will be restored in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the lives of people connecting online. I thank you for the lives of people in this building and I thank you for the lives of people who are not able to join us today. Father, I pray 
that you continue to fill the void in their lives you continue to be present in their lives and make them whole restore what is broken in Jesus name amen tell you what the presence of the Lord is so real to change your life so today I want to invite you to pray with me maybe you would say pastor Jen the ministry of the word and the scripture today really challenged me to draw closer to Jesus so right now I want to invite you to say to the Lord I want to give you all of my heart so I want you to repeat this prayer with me, and then I want you to send me an email later and let me know I'm making some new decisions to go deeper with Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart, change my life, help me to walk closer to you, Jesus, than ever before. I trust you and I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. That is the best prayer you have ever prayed. And you know why I know? Because the Bible says, choose you today who you will serve. So every day, you have to wake up and decide, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this day, in this circumstance. I also know that there are so many who have big needs. They have big prayer requests before God. So I'm praying with you right now, wherever you are, that the Lord would surround you, that in this very moment, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would come and descend in that room of listening, in that living room, in that dining room, in that car, God, wherever someone is listening right now, and that their faith would jump alive, that they would hear you saying, I'm not done. I'm still working on it, says the Lord. I've got a miracle in motion for you, so I want you to believe with the Lord. I want you to walk in victory, and I want you to know that the Lord is with you. And Father, we thank you for the miracle testimonies that are in the making that we're going to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I also want to thank you for being a part of our online campus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you for the way you're investing in the way we invest in people's lives. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. And so I want you to say to the Lord, God, how can I do more for the kingdom of God right where I am, whether I'm online or on campus? There are so many wonderful activities. You need to check out the website. You need to click for registrations. There's going to be so many wonderful things that we have to offer this summer. You may go on vacation, but we don't take a vacation from Jesus. Remember, Jesus is with you wherever you go, and we must stay connected. So take advantage of online ministry and online giving to stay connected to what God is doing in you and through you with the body of Christ here at the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. I love you, and I know this is going to be a fantastic week for you.